Welcome to the Daily Drive. This show is dedicated to keeping you educated, informed, and most importantly, driven to succeed. We want your feedback, so call us at 1-800-437-5121. Everyone on the Daily Drive Show team hopes you enjoy this show. Here's your host, Ken Noor. Welcome to The Daily Drive. I'm so incredibly glad that you are here today. And today we're going to do a continuation of yesterday's show where we meet with Tracy Reagan of Deploy Hub. And we'll pick that show up in progress. Who in your personal life has been your greatest inspiration? My mother. It's her birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, Mom. I know. She was a pretty awesome lady. She really, really was. And she, you know, she was the kind of woman who would, she never said no. In terms of what I believed I could do in the world, she never said no. I could have told her I wanted to be the first female president, and she would have said, absolutely, that's what you should do. She never, ever said no. And she was pretty strong in her decision-making in terms of my own career in the early days. Uh, I didn't get to choose my classes in high school. She did. And she kept pushing me into math and science and what we would now call STEM. So she was a pioneer way back then. Um, I didn't know she was doing that. and I don't think she knew she was doing that. She just knew that more women should go into STEM, and she pushed me that way. And I ended up going to help choose the kind of uh, degree I would get in college, and she was always there just just gently pushing me in the correct direction, even though I probably would have, um, had I been left to my own, I would have been like, oh, let me go do psychology or art, <laughs> and she was having none of that. <laughs> not that the other one of those are, are bad, it's just that I was that's not who I am, and she saw that. She could see through that, and she just gently pushed me in the right direction. It always supported me through everything I've ever gone through. I could always pick up the phone and talk to her about a problem I was having, or you know how I'm going through a roller coaster ride and I'm in one of I'm climbing up and it's really hard. And she just listened, and that's all I needed. If you could talk to one person from history, who would it be, and why? Genghis Khan. Really? Yeah. That's a first for me. Why? I know that he has this reputation of being this horrible uh, dictator type, but he actually created. He was an, he was entrepreneur extraordinaire. He he, he 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 created the modern day calendar. He created accounting. He had the first federal government. Um, they had universal health care, and they had universal education. And most of it was ran by his many wives, and he married a woman from every religion so that he would have he, – so he sort of embraced every religion. And they, they were the governors of their, of their country, so to speak. And they had a, a system where they would meet, I think, every one or every two years – uh, the, the 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 wives and their their oldest son would meet and they would have a a, a council just like a, a federal government. So he was he had some vision about unifying the world in a way that um, we haven't seen in quite. I mean I don't think we've ever seen it since. Now 
his grandsons were pretty brutal. The other thing that Genghis Khan did that was pretty fascinating is he knew how to manipulate and use PR before we even had PR. He would go in and he would conquer a village and tell them, go to the other village and tell them that we just slaughtered everybody and that we're going to come their way, even though he would come in and say, okay, we're going to conquer you. So you have two choices. You can be conquered or you can join with us. And when you join with us, you will share in all the spoils of all the other, of, of all the wars that we are involved in. You become part of our family. So he was a really fascinating person. And I think it would be fascinating to sit down and be able to have a, an evening with Genghis Khan just to find out how all of that came out of his brain 800 years ago. I, I, I love history. Um, I guess I didn't go in or know as deeply as uh, that about Genghis Khan. Wow, that's a, that's yeah. incredible. He was an incredible, incredible leader. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, he was, you know, he was brutal. He was tribal, nothing like his grandson. And he had, he made the modern world. He made the world as we know it today. He created trade. He created everything that we do today. Pretty much, he created. He made the modern world. What business-related book would you recommend to an up-and-coming entrepreneur or particular author? Do you have one? Anything that uh, Thomas Friedman writes, I read. I think The World is Flat is one of my favorite business books because it really talks about taking innovation, uh, building innovation, taking it to market, and understanding um, the challenges and, you know, the chasms that we do cross. So anything Thomas Friedman writes is is pretty fascinating. Tom Peters is also another author that you should be reading. If you're if you're an up and coming entrepreneur, thriving on chaos is pretty critical too. What's the biggest mistake you ever made? Hiring an external CEO. Really? Yep. Yeah. Why was that a mistake? Because even though this individual came from a partner, and it was a big company, and he was used to working in big companies. He came to a small company, and he – I lost my voice. That's the way I should put it. I lost my voice during that time because I let him be the voice, and he doesn't have the vision. He did not have the vision. He did not have the understanding of the market. He may have been a you know a CEO at another big company or at least a, at, a, at a high level at another big company, but he didn't know anything about running a small company and he didn't have the passion or the vision that I have. So that was a mistake on my part because I saw myself as more of a technologist, somebody who understands the market and I can I can nerd out like the rest of them, and I thought I needed somebody to come in and actually build the business. And what I learned after about six years of having him is that I already knew how to build the business, and he's the one that I needed to teach. So it was a, you know, and I think it's probably not uncommon for women um, that are in, were in this in the similar situation as myself in a in a industry that is super male dominated to think, well, if I bring in a, C, a male CEO, he'll be able to open more doors. I just didn't know. I just had to knock harder and be louder. I think the losing your voice part, you mentioned a word that I'm going to key in on here, and that was you said he didn't he, he didn't have the same passion. Can you explain to me how passion is critical in the eyes or in your eyes as an entrepreneur? I have sort of a superpower, and my superpower is to be able to hold 
a dream in my head and understand how to bring it into the physical world. <laughs> Sounds kind of weird, but it's my superpower. And that's passion. So I know what I I know what I want to create. It's there in my mind and as long as I don't let anybody interject their idea, and even though new new thoughts about how to do, how to achieve the goal are important, I still have that big, broad, I see the, I see the end game. And if I can keep that in my head and see the end game, I'll get there. And what the CEO didn't have in his head was the end game. He didn't know where the goal was. It was like he was sitting on a golf course and he was hitting, driving the ball opposite the pin. <laughs> hmm. Or he could see the one hole, but he couldn't see seventeen, you know, fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen out in front. He, he could just play what he was on. Yes, and even then he struggled with it because he didn't have the he didn't have that superpower. He didn't have the passion for the industry like I do, and the understanding of it, and know where I want to, you know, drive the ball, which direction it needs to go. So. That superpower is pretty important for an entrepreneur. You have to have it. You have to have that um, that vision, and you have to hold on to it, and you have to fight for that. Excluding yours, what company or business do you admire the most? This probably is um, because I just got back from GitHub Universe. But obviously, the name of our company, Deploy Hub, should give a, a clue that I really love GitHub. And I love GitHub because it is a company that is super inclusive, amazing. I, I mean, I went to it. I've been to lots of computer conferences, and there's seldom ever any women that show up for them. Not GitHub. And there were many people of many diverse backgrounds and different um, nationalities. Um, women of color were on the stage doing keynotes, and they preach a level of sharing and collaboration and a regenerative kind of environment that is unlike any company I have ever seen. And they deserved to get the $7.5 billion from Microsoft <laughs> because they really – what they preach is what they do. And everything they talk about is inclusiveness and sharing and being – um, being kind and being supportive in order to build a, to, in order to build software or, or a, a team that can can do amazing, uh, achieve amazing uh, technical advances. They do it in their product and they do it in their culture. And I'm just, I think it's awesome. What makes you different? What makes what makes Deploy Hub different? When we looked at the market, and this is one of those. Uh, discussions I had with our prior CEO that he didn't want to do and I saw that we needed to which led to me taking the company back over. There's a you know open source is an important part now of the developer experience. And the 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 sweet the products that we offer compete with companies who are not open source and they want to go in and they want to sell products to the CTO's office at you know, an entry point of $250,000 that goes up to close to a million dollars. That's what they're shooting for. They want those big deals. While looking at how developers build out their solutions, they believe in democracy. So we decided that we wanted to, to democratize our particular silo of DevOps, which is continuous deployment. So we open sourced a good chunk of our, our, our code base, 
And when we sell our pro version, which comes with security and customer service and support, some other things that are, can be critical to a larger group of uh, developers, we only sell it at 208 bucks a month because that's a price that it's online, so it's a SaaS model. They just sign up for it. So that's a model that a project team can make their own decisions. And in order to really accelerate the development process, you have to put more responsibility into the hands of the development team, not the CTO's office. It's got to come from the development team. And they have to have products that they can afford to buy or to incorporate into their process at a very, very low cost, if not open source. So we are, even though we have competitors in the market, our competitors are chasing that high-dollar sale and these multi-year software license agreements. We're not. We're chasing down the development teams who are actually writing and doing this stuff. So that's how we differentiate ourselves. And there's some other things that we're doing for microservices that the other competitors haven't even thought about yet. But primarily where we make ourselves different is through democratizing um, application, what they call application release automation. So project teams can get their hands on it and be successful. Well, and the fact that you're working with a development team and the fact that you're offering an open source product means that they can also customize that product for themselves if they want to and modify the open source. And that also, I would imagine, gives you a an ongoing stream of ideas of things that could make your product better when you see an actual team use it and do something to it. If our uh, listeners uh, wanted to get a hold of you, how would they find you? Well, they can find me on Twitter. I'm at Tracy Reagan, just T-R-A-C-Y-R-A-G-A-N, and they can find me the same way on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure. It really was. Thanks for listening, and thanks to our sponsor, That Company. Why is That Company the white-label digital marketing provider for some of the biggest agencies in the industry? Because we get results, we retain clients, and we deliver profitability. Visit www.thatcompany.com to find out how we can make your agency more profitable. If you want to give us feedback, call us now at 1-800-437-5121 or drop by dailydriveshow.com. Make sure you add us to your Alexa daily briefing skill. Don't forget that you can listen to us live every day on WQBQ at 7.30 a.m. The show wouldn't be possible without the Daily Drive Show team, web guru Taj Royer, executive producer Josh Cardoza, and the social media man with the plan. And Roy Wilson. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow.